1: I want all the patience in the world. Lord, be merciful towards me. Lord, love me. Well, he loves you. We not to pray about that. Be patient, Lord. But then to our fellow brothers, neighbors, and strangers, we're not like that. We used to be a reflection of who God is. And that reflection, why do you have so much patience, why you have so much love, why you're so kind, why you're so giving, why you're so forgiving. Oh, it just filters down from heaven. You know, it just filters down from God. It filters down from the Holy Spirit. And because He's all these things towards me, hey, I just want to share with the world.
0: The world is full of difficult people, and it can be hard to be loving, kind, and patient to others. It feels better to be right, to be the greatest, but that is not what God would have of you. Today, Pastor Eddie will encourage you to go against human tendency and seek to show love, goodness, service, and mercy to others. This is how Christ has treated you, so you are to turn around and show this to the world. This is how you show them Christ. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, as he continues his message, exhortations, blessings, and admonition. Oh!
1: want people to love them respect their title and their personalities and and they want that to be admired and i think it's, it's who you are in christ and how much you labor how much you show uh that you are a leader by loving the people and caring for people first timothy chapter 5 verse 17 it says let the leaders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor especially those who labor In the word and doctrine, so that means at the barbecue I get two cheeseburgers instead of. Not just kidding, (laughs) double honor. Just kidding. It was important because the word of God is is important to our lives. It's not, you know, tickling people's ears. And esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. And I love the. First, I, like, I love the verse, Romans chapter 12, verse 18, and I remember years back, um, I've heard, I remember Pastor John saying this years ago, and this verse always um, stuck out, and when I use one of those verses, when you hear it, you, 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 um, you have a face that associated with it, and it says, if, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. As much as depends on you, do whatever you, you can to be at peace with all people. You know, if there's sacrifice, you have to make great. We're not saying compromise your walk in the Lord. We're not saying that. We're not saying, hey, okay, well, I'm going to do whatever I can, but what the Bible no, I don't care what the Bible says, but I got to do whatever I can. No, you can't compromise the word. You can't compromise your walk. But anything, as much as depends on you, be at peace with all people. If you could diffuse a situation, do that. God knows, but we always have this thing, well, no, I'm going to get the upper hand in this argument, I'm going to be the one that's going to be right in this, and boy, this person really got me upset, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind, what happens, you keep giving people a piece of your mind, you're not going to have much of a mind left, you're really going to need to depend on the Lord now in verses 14 to 15 paul turns our attention from the leader the pastor to the fellowship with brothers and sisters in christ and we are to exhort one another verse 14 he says now we exhort you brethren warn those who are unrudely and uh, we can see the the admonishing doesn't only come from the pastor it comes from one another um you know usually the pastor is the last resort <laughs> You know, oh, I know this person is so rudely and this person is taking advantage of the church and he's really a distraction to us and we'll let the pastor deal with it. <laughs> well, we had to encourage one another. The word unruly is a military term. It's a military term in the Greek. It, is, it speaks of a person who is out of order, a person with disorder. And if you know that a person behaves in such a manner and it's biblical, it's not for you to always find fault in people, by the way. But is that when you see someone who's rude or someone, and, you know, someone's out of order, then, you know, out of love. Say, listen, brother, I just want to encourage you, please don't take this the wrong way. I love you, and that's the only reason why I'm saying it, because I want you to do that for me, too. That's the way I always, that's the best, that's the best way I've done it, you know, when, in the past. I would say, you know what, because I want you to do that for me, too, <laughs> you know. I think if, we set, if I say that before I bring correction to a brother, number one, it does two things. It puts them at ease. And also, number two, it puts you in your place. You, lest you think you don't need any correction. And it puts things in perspective that we hear it's mutual. Hey, I, I, you know, I love you because I love you. Um, I, mean, I just want to share this passage of scripture because you were rudely. You were, you know, you were really in the flesh. Because I want you to do that for me too. Because you love me, right? You love me. I had a... I had a friend who told me, and this is where I got it from. I thank God for my upbringing in church, you know. there were so many people that blessed me in my life. And he says, you love me, right? And if you see me do something out of line that's not biblical, you know, scripturally, and I'm in the flesh, or I do something that's, that's not pleasing to God or pleasing to someone else, you love me, you would tell me, right? Because you love me, I want you to tell me. And so we are to encourage one another. Now, Paul is actually directing uh, this to, uh, again, to... The church in Thessalonica, but it's for us today. And for those who were not working, it was a big issue. And they weren't working, so they were mooching off of others. And again, it's applicable for us today. I don't think anybody's taking advantage of anyone today. But you know, this would make the work for the pastor a lot easier if when we see someone who's out of order, we share with love. But have scripture. Have scripture. It's always good to have scripture. People always try to quote scripture or you know misquote scripture, take it out of context too. Have scripture to help you. Now we exert, exhort you, brethren. Warn those who are unruly. Comfort the faint-hearted. Comfort those who are timid, who who lack courage. Those and, and you're always going to find people like that. You may have been like that yourself. I know. In, early in my walk, I've been there. You see someone who is faint-hearted, don't say, "Oh, come on, brother, shake it off. You know, stop being a weakling." You know, and get, you know, get back in the game. You know? With compassion, cuz you too can be there. Comfort them with strength and encourage. And he says, "Uphold the weak. Help those who are spiritually and morally weak, especially new believers. We are to build each other up." And there, there'll be people in your lives who you will build up. For a season, for a while. And because you too may need them to build you up. Galatians chapter 6, verses 2 and 3. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something, when he is not, he deceives himself. Because there are people in the body of Christ who deceive the very prideful. They they have no problem counseling other people, but they won't take counsel. And they, they advertise, so I counsel people. The question is, do you need counseling? Pastor Eddie right here, I need counseling all the time. All the time. That's why a pastor needs to be surrounded by godly men who are spiritual and knows, hey, listen, I just don't want to. Talk to Pastor Eddie, bounce around, so if I kind of puppet, do things my way. No, I, I just want to encourage him and you know, and help him and pray for him. I have other pastors that I that I seek counsel. First Corinthians chapter ten verse twelve says, "Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he falls." I Don't think you're the savior for everybody in the body of Christ. I don't think that. I'm grateful again. Like I said, I have other pastors that I call. They seek counsel, wisdom, seek prayer, you know, and that's, let me tell you, when I invite pastors here, know for a fact that the pastors that I invite here are the ones that I reach out to, that they've been a blessing to me. Pastor Mike Rodriguez from Calvary Chapel Corona in California, and uh, he's been a pastor for many years, but been a great dear brother, he and his wife um, met them in Israel before September 11th, did ministry with them post 9 11 And uh, September 11th this year, he and I will be in the city. He's flying in. We're going to do ministry in the city. And he's going to come here and bless us. But he's one of those guys. And the reason why, if, if I seek wisdom for them, how much more, they would be a blessing to you if I allow them. I don't let anybody in this pulpit. You'd be surprised how many phone calls I get. How many emails I get, hey, my name is Reverend Archbishop, you know, doctor. I'm going to be in your town, and I have, and then they give you a whole schedule. I could fit you in right here. (laughs) You know what? That's going in the trash. I don't know you. I don't know you, Don. What are you going to, I'm responsible for you. I don't lord over you. I'm your pastor. I love you. And as a parent, I care what people are going to feed you. I don't want to feed you false teachings and doctrines. And so we need that. I need that. I need constant counseling. And he said, be patient with all. And we're to be patient with all. And to put in perspective, you know, how much is God patient towards us? (laughs) Long suffering, amen. God is patient with me. You know, I have people say, hey, how come you didn't bring correction to that person or get them out of the ministry? They don't belong there. Patience. Patience. He's patient with me. So much. And so in the same way, he's patient towards me. I am to be patient towards others. Something that we don't have in this world. We have everything is, uh, you know, instant cash, instant coffee. We want instant God, instant problem solved. Patience. We need patience. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. I'll give you the New Living Translation. It says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowances for each one's fault. Because of your love, you know? Love is patient. Love is kind. And when we are, when we have that love, that's the foundation of anything. We, You know, the most important thing, that's why Jesus says one of the greatest commandments is to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Love is the source. of it. We worry about, oh, I don't want to break this commandment. I want to break that commandment. You, You concentrate on all 613 commandments in the Bible when God is just saying, just love me with all your heart, soul, and mind. You don't have to worry about the commandments the same thing with your neighbor if i love my neighbor i wouldn't want to hurt him i wouldn't want to lie to him and i would have patience for them always understand the way god treats us the way god loves us as patient towards us it's the way we are to be for others it's amazing how we get in the flesh oh i want all the patience in the world lord be merciful towards me Lord, love me and well, what he loves. Me. We don't have to pray about that. Be patient, Lord. But then to our fellow brothers, neighbors, and strangers, we're not like that. We used to be a reflection of who God is. And that reflection, why do you have so much patience, why do you have so much love, why you're so kind, why you're so giving, why you're so forgiving, oh, it just filters down from heaven. You know, it just filters down from God. It filters down from the Holy Spirit. And because he's all these things towards me, hey, I just want to share with the world. Then he goes on to say, verse 15, see that no one renders evil for evil to your boss? No. To your in-laws? No. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone. To anyone. Retaliation against anyone is not for us. To pay evil for evil, revenge is not an option for a Christian. It's not. us we shouldn't be thinking that way it shouldn't be in our heart we shouldn't want revenge we return when they give us evil we return it with love first peter chapter 3 verse 9 he also says not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling but on the contrary blessings Knowing that you were called to this, you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're called to this, to be a reflection of what Jesus is. When someone gives you evil, you give them blessing, that you may inherit a blessing. Why do you see Christians that are certain Christians that are always blessed? It's because on top of their blessing, because people have done evil to them, they learn how, hey, I'm going to bless you. You do evil to me, I'm going to bless you. Return it with blessings romans chapter 12 verse 17 and 19 repay no one evil for evil have regard for good things in the sight of all men not some all men and again if it's possible as much as depends on you live peaceably with all men verse 19 beloved do not avenge yourself but rather give place to wrath but it is written god says vengeance is mine i will repay says the lord God knows those who, do, who does evil to you. He knows. He sees. He sees all things. He knows all things. But God doesn't want you to return it. It's an opportunity. When someone does wrong to you, that you in turn share love in this world, especially today. It's unheard of. They're going to think you're crazy. Yes. I'm crazy for Jesus. And it's a, it's a testimony for everyone. That guy drives me crazy. I, he got me mad. He cut me off and I, you know, well, he didn't cut me off intentionally. Just did something wrong to me and I'm going to take revenge. Oh, I don't like this guy. And I'm going to do something. I'm going to egg his house. <laughs> and you see them throw the egg. Say, hey, why don't you come in? We'll have scramble eggs <laughs> while you clean, while you clean the eggs off your house. That's weird. But that's what's going to get their attention because they're not used to it. It's the same way when you turn on the light in the midst of darkness, right? Those are, uh, I remember when I used to patrol the streets in East Harlem. We put on the lights just to get people out from the corner. They can't hang out in the corner at 3 o'clock in the morning, like 1250 people. You put on the lights, they start walking away. <laughs> or oh, you go into the basement of a building in New York City. You turn on the lights and all those rats and roaches. They, <laughs> but this is what happens when the light of Christ that's in you shines in an evil world that does evil towards you. You turn on the light of Jesus, and guess what? It dispels darkness. And that's where we're to to be. We're we're called to this. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. When we love and forgive others, just as Christ loves and forgives you. Not only will it be good for them, but it'll be good for you too. Don't think that when you do something good, when somebody does something evil to you, that you're not going to get any benefits. God's going to bless you. Every good thing that we do to others, Christ has done for us. He has done for us. That's why Jesus says, let us love one another. Love your enemies. Those who hate you, those who persecute you, love them. Our natural uh, instinct is to, you know, is to respond evil for evil. But understand that our battle is not against flesh and blood. That's what the scripture tells us. So we are to warn those who are unruly, comfort those who are faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with one another, not rendering evil for evil, pursue what is good for both yourselves and for all. Again, everything we do for others, Christ has done for us. Let's look at verse 16. It says, Rejoice always. Rejoice always seems kind of absurd, impossible to follow and to obey. Knowing that we will go through difficulties in life. It's going to happen. Rejoice. Now, rejoice is not to be, or to be joyful, is not to be confused with happiness. Happiness is based on circumstances. You know, I get a check from the government. How often do we get a check from the government? But anyway, not that I get the check. But you get that stimulus check. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to upgrade my lawnmower. Right? Now you get a bill, oh, right? There's a difference. It's based on circumstances. That's, that's, that's happiness. We're talking about joy. Joy never, because our joy is not based on circumstances, it's based on a person, the person Jesus Christ. Circumstances change, but Jesus Christ doesn't change. And he's, he is our joy. Our joy comes from Jesus. When we look at all our circumstances, you say, wow, look what's going on. You know, my house, mortgage, can't get, can't get a job. I'm getting sick. My family's getting sick. This world is going crazy. This world, uh, you know, war, you know. And it, there's no happiness there. But there is a joy. There's a joy because our joy is in the person, Jesus Christ. And we should always rejoice. I encourage you to read uh, the book of Philippians, only four chapters. The book of Philippians, you know, this is why there's a theme for every book. You want to have joy, read the book of Philippians, four chapters. There are 19 references to joy in that entire book. Paul writes about, you know, rejoice always, and again I say rejoice. It's in there. 19 references. By the way, Paul wrote that while he was in prison. So if anybody knows how to rejoice in circumstance, it's Paul. I don't recall... As of lately, there was a bestseller from an author who's in prison right now. But Paul was in prison, and he wrote this letter of joy. The ultimate thing is this. You are going to heaven. You're going to heaven. Now, that should excite us. And you say, oh, okay, that's later down the road. That's the wrong heart to have. I want to go to heaven now. My, my wife hates when I say that. I say, don't worry, baby, you got insurance. Anyway, I'm going to heaven now. <laughs> I'm going to heaven now. Paul says, I, I I want to go to heaven, but it is right for me to be here with you. And that's what I quote to my wife. <laughs> but I want to go to heaven now. You know, we think if you don't think, if you're, you're, you're not heavenly bounded, you're not thinking about heaven, it's because you're still in the world. It's very simple. Or, you know, we... We may not turn to a pillar of salt like Lot's wife, but our hearts are salty because we're not focused on heaven. When we think about heaven, it should bring joy to us because the ultimate, we win at the end. We win at the end, so we should rejoice always. Then he says in verse 17, pray without ceasing. As Christians, we're to never stop praying. And if you're not one who prays, you need to be praying. That's in the scriptures. Scriptures, you read the Bible in prayer. They go hand in hand. How do you know how to pray? What to pray for? Read the Bible. You'll get ideas. And what to pray for and how to pray. How do I understand the Bible? Pray. The Holy Spirit would help you understand it. They go hand in hand. Charles Spurgeon was asked a question. What is more important? Reading the Bible or praying? And his answer was, what is more important, inhaling or exhaling? (laughs) They're both important. We inhale and we exhale. They're both important. The relationship with with our Lord is is communication. It's, It's the only God. There's no other God. Out of all the millions of religions and of false gods, it's the only religion where God speaks to us and we get to speak to him. And it's like into a relationship. Have you ever seen a couple who just got married and only said a few words once a month? How healthy would that relationship be if the husband and wife do not communicate and talk? And in that conversation of talking, there is a relationship. You get to know each other more. That's how you get to know the Lord. And that's how the Lord changes you. That's how he changes your heart, your way of thinking. You know, I examine my life now. And let me tell you something. If you, if you only knew who I was when I was 12, 13. I mean, I left my house when I was 16 years old. And I, I, I realized when I drift away from the Lord, I wasn't really studying. And the more I stopped studying, reading the Bible, the more wisdom God parts in me, and the more God shares, the more I examine myself. And I say, wow, I need help here. I'm ready.
0: You've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie. We've been looking at some useful and applicable things in the book of 1 Thessalonians. Toward the end of this book, there are some verses that might be viewed as a test or a challenge, depending on what you're going through. The author of this letter, the Apostle Paul, says to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and in everything to give thanks. Do you have much to be thankful and grateful for today? Be reminded that Jesus coming back someday is the greatest reason to rejoice. It's a hope that you can hold on to when the rest of the world is hopeless. We're so glad you joined us today for Running the Race. Are you in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area? If so, Jessica has an invitation for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you
1: need, visit RunningTheRaceRadio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is RunningTheRaceRadio.com.
0: Thanks, Jessica. On our website, we also have some helpful resources to assist you in what you're learning or how you're studying the Bible. Just click on the Study Helps tab at RunningTheRaceRadio.com. We're so glad you tuned in today, and we look forward to the next edition of Running the Race.